Welcome to The Web We Weave, a podcast created by us, students in David Morgan's new media writing class at Emory University. Each week this semester, we will explore the emerging set of protocols and cultural practices that have evolved around new technologies. How big is this new media universe? What are its limits? Who participates in it and why? How does it spread, converge, and form and obscure? And is it really all that different from the old media that has been tossed aside? In this postmodern, post-structuralist, post-truth period, many critics have resisted grand narratives or stable definitions in response to such questions. So each week, we will examine one publication that seems to be doing something interesting. Over the course of these 16 episodes, we hope to untangle the narratives a bit and decide where we are now. Hi, I'm Emily Binstock. And I'm Emily Lapine. And on this week's episode of The Web We Weave, we're going to be discussing The Odyssey Online, which is an online publication for student writers. The Odyssey Online was launched at Indiana University in 2014 by current CEO Evan Burns. Their mission statement is to keep it real, make it personal, get it from all sides, and the idea that balance means quality. Therefore, articles are shared by the writers organically through their own social media platforms, and relevance engines are used to offer the reader content that they will find interesting. The Odyssey aims to broaden young people's perspectives through open contribution and a 360-degree view. The Odyssey has also been described as a social discovery platform committed to democratizing content creation while personalizing discovery, with over 50,000 articles written monthly by creators who are mostly college students and recent graduates. So the question that we're going to be answering is how the Odyssey is new media writing. Um, Essentially, 82% of their audience reads the articles on their mobile devices, which definitely demonstrates the changing manner of traditional journalism. Um, And because a lot of the writers are college students and and post-college students, um, they enhance a lot of their articles with alternative media elements like GIFs and embedded videos. Also, a lot of the articles aren't traditional articles. They're actually written in listicle format, which is a shortened list that you often see on websites like BuzzFeed, um, which allows for higher speed reading and less reader attention, which definitely aims towards the millennial generation. It is also important to look at how the Odyssey operates as a business platform. Odyssey student writers are compensated based on their monthly viewership that they achieve for the articles that they write. So the process of editing for the Odyssey is threefold. There's a community editor, which is within the um, geog- the particular geography. So let's say for Emory, there's an Emory editor, and they're actually unpaid. So they're the first rounds of edits. Then it's sent to a copy editor um, who's an outs who's an outsourced paid person who works for the Odyssey um, at their headquarters in New York. And then, the, and then the article goes to a full-time Odyssey editor. Um, but there are only 70 full-time Odyssey editors who have to edit around 10,000 articles per week. And I think that that explains a lot of the reasons why when I'm reading Odyssey articles, there are a lot of grammatical errors, spelling errors, which you really shouldn't be seeing on online publications. 
This also may account for the lack of factual evidence provided in many of the Odyssey's articles. Because there is so little time to look over each article that's submitted, many things just get slipped under the rug. So how do you become an Odyssey writer? We interviewed an Emory student who asked to remain anonymous, and she spoke about how she had an interview with someone over the phone before being accepted formally as a writer. After being accepted, she was assigned an editor from the Emory branch of the Odyssey, who makes sure her articles are submitted on time and makes sure that she shares them widely enough on her social media platforms. So even though she was formally interviewed over the phone, I find it a little bit sketchy that she wasn't asked to do an application where, you know, the editors could look at her actual writings. We can ask ourselves the question of like, who are these writers? Are they qualified? Are they credible? Or can anyone write for the Odyssey? And it seems like anyone can. From the perspective of the Odyssey founders, it may not be a totally negative thing that nearly anyone can write for the Odyssey as it is a democratized journalism platform. However, is this really a good mode of journalism and media exposure for whoever wants to write? As defined by Howard Rheingold in his book NetSmart, citizen journalism is the collection and analysis of news and information by the general public, especially by means of the internet. In our research, we read an article by Emily Schoenberger in her article called The Odyssey Dilutes Journalism um, that she wrote for the Pitt News. And essentially she said, in quotes, the Odyssey is representative of the downfall of online journalism, and we shouldn't buy into it. It's great that more voices are contributing to the online world, but we need to be sure that these voices are checked, verified, and adding value to the media. We found one article on the Odyssey titled, Things Trump Supporters Are Tired of Hearing, which we really felt epitomized the fake news problem that the Odyssey faces. So the article was written by a student at Grand Canyon University, and I think it's totally fine to have a blog and to say your, your politics on your blog and, and say your opinion. Her article was, had no evidence, it had, had no backups, and essentially it was just widespread criticisms um, using solely her own opinion and generalizations without any form of research, and it discredited her herself as a writer entirely. This is also a potential danger for the Odyssey because they're putting their name behind these writers, and when articles like Things Trump Supporters Are Tired of Hearing get published, and the Odyssey puts its logo in front of that and backs it up, it's kind of messing up the credibility of the Odyssey as the journalism platform in its entirety. This definitely wasn't the only article that we came across that lacked any form of factual evidence, but we really thought it stood out, especially considering all of the fake news scandals that surrounded this year's elections. So we found really interesting in our research was that the most shared Odyssey article to date was um, was titled Why Girls Love the Dad Bod by a student at Clemson University. This Clemson student then backed up her claim that girls love the dad bod because the girl in the relationship likes to be a pretty one and that the girl in the relationship gets better cuddling, which are clearly life's necessities. This is exactly the type of publicity that the millennial generation does not need to promote as we are already looked down on as a generation that very much cares about what we look like and only appearance rather than substance. 
Because so many of the Odyssey's readers are young, it is so much more important to be informing them about current events and real-world problems, which they will have to tackle upon entering the real world themselves. Also, while articles such as these clearly generate the most traffic, that should not be the goal of a democratized news source. They should be using their accessible media platform for stories that have an impact, rather than just adding fluff to our Facebook news feeds. So another question is, why do students and young adults want to write for the Odyssey? Um, on the positive side, this business model is very much built for college students and, and young people, where young writers do have the ability to swap their work for being edited and professionally branded. However, um, the anonymous Emory student we interviewed said that she was inclined to write for the Odyssey because she, quote, thought it was a resume booster and thought it would be a good way to keep her family and friends in the loop about her college experiences. And so the question that we have, especially in a class such as new media writing, is then why not create your own website and make a name for yourself? With over 30 million readers, it's very clear that the Odyssey is reaching widespread audiences. However, many of these millions of readers look at the Odyssey as if it's a journalism platform and may even replace a publication like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal with the information that they're gaining from reading the Odyssey. However, this is a dangerous trap because it seems that the most stereotypical and least effective articles that are circulating on the Odyssey and are circulating on social media platforms are being shared at the highest rates. And then in the case of especially young people reading that as opposed to real journalistic news sources, there's going to be a lack of proper information circulating. So from the way the Odyssey functions and operates and how the articles are written and edited, it seems like it's a blog, not a platform for journalism, um, especially if the articles don't have evidence, don't have interviews. That's just not standards and ethics of journalism. In our opinion, the Odyssey, it, it is a great online publication, and we're not saying that it should be completely vanished because clearly it has been successful. But we think that the Odyssey should either choose to be an online journalistic publication, which will, you know, have credible writers, have a proper application, have proper interviews and evidence, or it could include the stuff about the dad bods and about the fashion and about the college life and culture stuff, but it definitely shouldn't be both. Even if it does encompass both of those kind of genres of writing, it should make it more clear and divide it into more like concrete sections where readers can tell if they're reading a fluffy article or if they're reading a really credible article that they can trust the information they're getting out of it. Because other online platforms that are clearly more formal, but sites like BuzzFeed, they do have fluffy, fun articles and articles and listicles filled with GIFs and quizzes, but they also have sections that are clearly news-based and are clearly trusted. While we are supportive of the Odyssey's mission to democratize content, the Odyssey's inclusion of both a blog and a journalism publication encroaches upon the tricky territory of online journalism that professional publications are now moving towards. 
As a society, we need to be smart about what we're putting online and what we allow ourselves to read and really treat as news sources. Journalism is a fundamental value of freedom of the press and freedom of speech, which is so important in the country, especially today, and we need to foster positivity within that realm. So on that note, after analyzing the Odyssey, we hope you all understand how it is new media writing and the pros and cons of it. And we just want to thank Trish, our line producer, and the executive producer, David Morgan, and the rest of the class. So thank you so much for listening. And you could view the sources that we used um, in the description below. Thank you.